This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 90, where we are looking at Gotham Mad City, season 3, episode 11. Beware the green-eyed monster. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lloyd-Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites, to episode 90 of Gotham TV Podcast, where we are looking at episode 11 of season 3, and it is Beware the Green-Eyed Monster. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jim Bob, you have failed this city. <laughs> That's a different show. Jim. Oh, yeah, different, different show. Um, yeah, what a cracker. Um, jealousy, jealousy, and more jealousy. Absolutely. Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't Killer Croc, John. I know it wasn't. Mm. It was Killer Jim. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it it was. was, yeah. This was the winter finale over in the US of A. Mm. So it just shows you how far behind we are here on Gotham TV Podcast. Yes. Because we are about to go off on our summer holiday. Yes, yes, we are. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the sun is splitting the stones outside here. I presume it wasn't like that in New York uh, when this aired back in uh, in December of, uh, of 2016. Wow, that seems like a long time ago. Um, yeah, we're uh, we are going on holiday um, for two weeks, um, but that doesn't mean the podcast is going to stop. I hope we're going to do everything we possibly can to get the next two episodes out as usual on Wednesdays uh, as we're away. Uh, it does mean we will not have a video uh, for the podcast, but we will have our normal audio podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast over at GothamTVPodcast.com slash iTunes to get the podcasts when they're released. If you're not an Apple person, you can also pick up the podcast on any good or evil podcast catcher just by searching for Gotham TV Podcast, in case you're not subscribed, of course. Absolutely. You may hear some slight interruptions of uh, beach sports and also maybe the clinking of ice in a nice (laughs) pina colada or other cocktail. Absolutely. So nothing new there. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm one of your hosts, Derek, for Gotham TV Podcast, in case you don't know me. Yes, and I am one of your other hosts, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so we are on the essentially winter finale, the halfway roughly um, on these two story arcs of Mad yeah. City and then Heroes uh, Rise mm-hmm. in, in this uh, third season of Gotham. And so, yeah, Derek, what uh, what episode details do you have for us? Yeah, well, this episode, because it's the winter finale, is kind of given a little bit more prominence, I suppose, usually the finales are. Uh, so this episode was directed by Danny Cannon, who tends to direct the big episodes, the finale and the and the opener uh, for the season. So uh, one of our big showrunners has been with the show right from the start. I'm sure you've heard us mention him many times before. Um, and the episode was written by John Stevens, the other major executive producer on the show. I know we have Brunner Heller as well, but uh, John Stevens has been involved right back um, from the end of season two, I think, uh, has done many, many episodes uh, of the show. So, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis of the episode? Sure. Infected by Alice Tetcher's blood, Mario vows to make Lee hate Gordon and orchestrates a series of events to make her believe Gordon is trying to sabotage their wedding. The plan works, and just before the wedding, she vows never to see Jim Gordon again. On their honeymoon, a deranged Mario attempts to kill an oblivious Lee, but Gordon arrives and guns him down, much to her shock. Barbara informs Nygma that Cobblepot killed Isabella because he's in love with him. After verifying this information, 
Barbara and Nigma plan to betray Cobblepot and usurp his power in the mob. Meanwhile, Bruce, Selina and Alfred use the key to open the Court of Owl's vault and steal its contents, a crystalline owl statue, but are intercepted by Talon, and Selina's mother reveals herself and helps them kill Talon as he tries to attack them. What an amount of stuff going on in this episode. I have to say that first. Loads. Yeah. Absolutely loads. The stuff stuff that's being tied up from the first season, uh, from I think episode four, episode five of the first season, has been tied up in here. We've got loads of stuff with the gym and Leslie's storyline obviously being sorted out in this episode. Got Mario uh, obviously being very central. But let's start with (coughs) Penguin. Uh, Barbara fake coughing penguin yeah. uh, as her way of uh, of proving you were right, by the way. Um, I know, I yeah. got a theory right. Absolutely. Hooray. So Barbara did use the information that she had worked out about Penguin as a way of elevating herself in uh, in Gotham, which we both thought was going to happen. But the way she did it was by telling, uh, by telling Enigma that the Penguin's in love with him and that's why he killed your girlfriend. Interesting play. It's very interesting because, I mean, she gets Enigma a, a, a thinking. She really does. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I love the fact, the fact that he, you know, he does everything he can to get Cobblepot to open up to him. Mm-hmm. Finally, it does, you know, he does, uh, does the penguin. And yeah, uh, what does Enigma say? No, I meant business partners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was very leading. It was very leading. Yeah. Very leading. Obviously, Ooh. he did know that Penguin was was in love with him from what Barbara had said to him. So it was purpose, purposefully leading. But yeah, I think anybody in that circumstance would think he was coming on to you, right? Yeah. And Barbara <laughs> then, obviously, her big plan is to divvy up the city into different areas. And she wants to get control of the mob. Uh, mm-hmm. Be the queen of the underworld, yes. the the crazy queen Babs of the underworld. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Give uh, Ed Enigma, obviously the the strategy and mm-hmm. the thinking behind it, and then use obviously the muscle on the street. So yeah, she's uh, she's a clever girl. Yeah, I guess she'd be the new Fish Mooney. I guess kind of usurping what the the position that Fish Mooney thought she was going to be getting into. Well, uh, definitely. Yeah. And the thing is, is that. Fish Mooney is still out there. She certainly is. She really is. Like she uh, and um, Professor Strange as well. They mm-hmm. haven't been seen what since episode three. Yeah. So they're still around in Gotham. She is still wanting to reclaim her role in Gotham. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, this adds a really kind of interesting mix to these two um, really ambitious ladies who are looking to get control of. Uh, Gotham. Yeah. And in fact, maybe, um, the Penguin's kindness to Fish Mooney in allowing her to live and escape may be rewarded in s- buckets and spades, really, in that that could be one of his way out. He could have an uh, ally there. It yeah. could be that, yeah, she forms uh, and becomes a, a, an ally, mm-hmm. effectively coming back into the fold of Penguin and Fish Mooney all the way back from season one, full Absolutely. circle almost. Slightly different levels of power, but yes. yeah, this this could make it really interesting uh, mm-hmm. with Fisher's return. So um, definitely excited to see uh, how that goes yeah. and where it goes. And also actually. the big part about that relationship as well is also Butch. So there is <clears throat> there is a, that kind of triangle between Butch and Oswald and uh, and Fish Mooney, and Butch is obviously aligned with Barbara here because of what Oswald did. So um, 
and because of Tabitha as well. But again, it'll be really interesting to see how uh, Butch Gilzean really plays out this because, I mean, if we just think about it, he was loyal to Fish Mooney. He had the brain surgery Mm. or or the work done (laughs) that he was loyal to... um, to Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. He is obviously loyal to Tabitha. Whether he has absolutely any loyalty to Ed Nigma, I really doubt that. So you never know. There could be another flip here from Butch Gilzean. Oh, I love uh, to, to see yeah. uh to see how he can make it work for him. Uh you know, maybe it will just simply be to let Ed Nigma leave him out to 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 dry really yeah yeah well um, speaking of so Ed, interesting that's kind of our second point as well because i i just wanted to kind of highlight how cool a moment it was when ed drops the knife to his hand while oswald is giving a presentation in the mayor's office and stabs him which is all a dream this is all in the imaginings of ed Nick, but but i thought the, the scene itself was a great scene because you could see why ed would be so angry and would do it um He's the kind of person that does have those kind of reactions. Very, a very violent character, as we've seen stabbings many times at the hands of Ed at this stage. Um, but I thought it was quite, quite interesting. I, I actually believed that he may have stabbed Oswald in the back in that scene. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've had stabby Babs and now we get stabby Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was more an impulse thing of what he would love to do. But Ed is cleverer than that. He definitely knows to draw it out and what effectively to crush him. That was what he uh, mentioned in the bar to Um, absolutely destroy him and everything that he's created or is dear to him. So, I mean, this has become majorly personal absolutely and and you're right he probably wouldn't have done it at a press conference uh in front of the entire gotham press as well that's probably true he probably wouldn't have done it but it 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 struck me as it wouldn't surprise me considering he's just lost the love of his life at the hands of this man so um yeah but i do love the moment between the two of them afterwards uh when when ed is saying to him giving him a hug and going you do realize you're my best friend and i want you to believe that from now on you're my best friend so what does they say? Revenge is a, a dish best served cold. So he's setting Oswald up to know that this is his best friend that is coming at him from now on. So yeah, okay, very interesting. Um, it also led to the apology, which was one of the best apologies I have ever seen. <laughs> I'm sorry for cutting off your hand to uh, <laughs> yeah. to uh, Jessica Lucas who had to um, Tabitha. Yeah, uh, great little moment. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I mean, again, and like Butch reacts to him like really badly mm-hmm. when he comes into the bar. So. Whether that apology means anything, and again, whether it comes back to Butch really also uh, playing with Ed, maybe with Barbara as well. Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but hopefully the the three of them at least uh, stick together. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. I wonder whether Barbara can keep the other two under control. She's always seemed like a, a partner, but Tabitha does seem to hold the reins back a little bit on Barbara, and now Barbara's taking a step up, so... Will Tabitha and Butch go along with her? Time will tell, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think on to point three. Mm. Um, We have Zaz. Victor Zaz comes back. It's what a joy to see. It's it's such a great character. Comic book character. We've talked about him many times before. And I love love how Anthony Carrigan plays this part of Victor Zaz. It just comes out of nowhere. He seems to be a bit of a knife for hire in the city of Gotham Gotham now, who's used by Ed. Um, against Butch earlier on in the season, and now he's being used by Mario against Jim here. Um, 
thought it was it's great to see him back. Uh, but yeah, a nice a nice little moment there with um with Zaz where he's just there to be paid to stand watch over Jim so he doesn't arrive at the wrong time to the wedding. Uh that everything's set up perfectly in advance of Jim's arrival. Yeah, like I mean, it was just it was just really good seeing him sort of watching the the second hand tick by uh and then it's like, right, now I can let you go. And yeah. you know, it's just the enthusiasm of Zaz for the work that he does mm-hmm. and the way that's portrayed by um Anthony Carrigan, you know, really is just makes the character come alive. Absolutely. I he takes enjoyment out of his murderous psychopathic sort of process and I, I really enjoy that. And I, I love the fact that, you know, after that it's almost as though he could go for a drink with you. He because he's done this he's done job. job. Yep. That's all that was asked of him yeah. by Mario, uh, and that's it. But of course, Jim, uh, being Jim, doesn't quite see it that way. So it gives him a good old right hook and knocks him out. Um, yeah, he probably just overplayed his cards a bit. Did did Zaz in, that's in a bit too comfortable a bit. He, he relaxed a bit too much, uh, I think, in front of uh, crazy, murderous Jim. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. With his green eyes burning brightly. <laughs> it is one of the things I love about Gotham, though. I think I've mentioned it a bunch of times. I love when they bring back in some of the villains just for very small cameos because it does really make the city feel like it is a city. Of course, you're going to cross over people um, a couple of times. They're going to just pop in and out. If you make an entire episode about Saz... It wouldn't, well, it probably would be fantastic to be honest, but, uh, but having him just pop up for half an episode, like having Mr. Freeze appear for half an episode, um, that kind of stuff would be great so that you can kind of see the city is a big city and there's loads of these people popping in. Definitely. And out. I think yeah. It's really cool. Definitely. But I think that also brings us on to crazy, murderous, green eyed, burning brightly Jim. Um, <laughs> guys, boy, three, four, four, four. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Mario. Oh, Mario, um, left by his brother Luigi, um, has been murdered. Not a brother Luigi. Uh, no, Falcone is called Luigi. Uh, that's a gaming joke. Yes. <laughs> um, what will Nintendo do now that Mario has been murdered in cold blood? Mm. Yeah, I mean, this was really interesting. It, w- it was funny watching uh, this whole lead-up um, because... You know, Mario was very careful to make sure that he gets the timing right, like we said with Zaz. Mm-hmm. Also, that you know, uh, he he got Jim on the trail, um, and I think immediately at one point, I really kind of almost screamed at the TV saying, "Jim, what are you doing?" Are you doing? Yeah. Um, but also some of his leaps of deduction uh, on this case. You know, the fact that Lucius Fox had tested Mario three times the the results had come back negative mm-hmm. um but jim was having none of it and i i just kind of was thinking you know the rational jim it's like how are you making this deduction why are you not believing what lucius fox has said right uh, you know if it was um if it had been leslie would he have accepted it or or not uh, you know and and sometimes uh, jim's detective work is more of leaps of faith rather than necessarily yeah. listening to the evidence or the facts and i know it's not that kind of detective story i i get that but i mean eventually you know i kind of did sort of get myself off my um sort of rage uh, um of, of how jim was behaving yes. and how he was still pursuing it 
Um, because all your many years of, of detective work told you that he was wrong, right? I am an inspector. <laughs> that is true. That is yes. true. Um, but it is the the whole point of the 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 episode is he is jealous as hell, absolutely, and there's no rational aspect that can make him come down from um from pursuing mario yeah. and going after mario and of course that's the whole point and, and in yeah. fact even to the point where you know confronted with leslie in the cathedral in the church you know he says i love you he yeah. he actually realizes um and and finally confronts what it is that he wanted to say for probably the last season uh, of of Gotham. Yeah. So it's understandable that he would behave irrationally here, Absolutely. even as a detective. So, yeah, and it was my a- initial worries and concerns yeah. on that were, okay, this is fine. And actually, I loved how it played out mm-hmm. uh, after that. I loved the timing of it. Uh, I really did. And I have to say, uh, the actor who plays Mario, I loved just that moment on the, the, the dock at, at the sort of summer retreat mm. between him and, and Leslie, where she unfortunately seals her own fate by saying, yes, I will always like him or, or I will always love him in the sense of that he was once a part of my life. Yeah. But that is not what Mario wants to hear at all. And in that moment, she seals her fate with him effectively coming at her uh, without her knowing. I mean, she's completely as you know oblivious to all of this yep. uh, with a kitchen knife. Yeah. Um, but I, I did love how this played out in the end, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it, yeah. actually. Um, I think in particular, the the direction, the writing, and those scenes in the church were between Leslie and, and Jim were amazing. Mm-hmm. And then when he's being escorted out and she's walking down the aisle, that, that is really cinematic. Yeah. It was really, really great direction and great framing. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. Total props to Danny Cannon for, for that scene where, where Jim's being beaten. And as he's being beaten, the words of, uh, of the, the marriage vows are being said and he's almost getting kicked in time. As as his heart is being kicked in time with Leslie answering that she wants to be this man's husband or this man's wife, uh, and he's he answering that she he wants to be her husband, um, just being kicked in time and beaten in time, he rallies for a moment and then is taken down again as uh, as the priest says, "You are now man and wife. Uh, you may now kiss the bride." Um, a, a beautifully put together scene, really like top of their game moment for Gotham, I think. Absolutely, I mean we get a great slap from Leslie, which to be honest. Mm. Really liked it. I think Jim does need a bit of a slap from time to time, just to get, just to earth him a bit. Yeah, um, it is really fascinating. Obviously, in in real life, outside of the show, these two actors are together now. They got married two weeks ago. Um, they have a child together. Uh, it's really interesting that on the show they've decided to take it the exact opposite direction. So in real <laughs> yeah. life, they've getting getting closer and closer and closer. In the show, they're breaking apart and becoming effectively. What happens at the end of the episode is that Leslie does hate jim um she's gotten to the point now that mario has achieved his goal jim is now hated by leslie because he's murdered her new husband in front of her and mario has convinced leslie that he's doing it out of jealousy even though jim knows that it was because he was about to murder her yeah yeah but i mean at the same time i do think i have um sympathy for mario in the sense that he's infected with this 
this virus from <laughs> Alice Tetcher's blood and he cannot do anything about it. Mm. I think that's why it's interesting that ultimately um, Jim races in after promising Falcone that he won't shoot his son and that this, his, you know, and Falcone really stressing how much Mario means to him. And it, it almost seemed as though Jim had the gun ready and just went in shooting. Yeah. And of course, we see the knife slip into the lake um, or to the bay, get yep. pulled out by by the, the tides and the waves. And poor Leslie is wondering, what on earth? I can't obviously swear on this podcast. No, you can't. But, you know... If we had she, the swear jar in play... I'd yeah, if she, if she could, she would have said the F word. Yes. Without a doubt. Without like, what a shadow of a doubt. What she can do is you're make her go inside and count all the knives and forks and say there's one <clears> missing. <throat> the one missing is the one that's in the bottom of the river that I saw and you didn't. I, he really has no way out of this. And this is why I wanted to stress at the beginning of the episode, this was the winter finale for the US. So there was almost a month after this um, to find out what happens. So, yeah, you're left with this big cliffhanger that it is uh, Jim and Leslie's relationship is is at, at its end here and he has no way out. Yeah. Um, and... Job. You know, it is a question of, I presume that this goes downhill mm -hmm. very rapidly from now on. And what happens with Carmine Falcone? You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm sure Jim now has another person um, who's going to be after him. I do, as I say, I have some sympathy for Mario because he's someone infected, needs help in the same way that Barnes does. There is this talk about a, you know, get, trying to get some kind of antidote for it. So, you know, it, he's he's acting because he's infected. Yeah. Not yeah, yeah. because he has m murderous intentions. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't infected and, and you know, he, he's not acting like a mobster out naturally it's because of the the virus and, and as such i do have some sympathy with mario agreed I, yeah you know because we, we do see here that tetch poisoned him in the hospital in gotham so they had all that time away from gotham and mm -hmm. obviously when they first arrived so i mean tetch is a real like like he's a destroyer of worlds here absolutely and and it, it's one thing that i want to talk about with the virus itself so we did learn this a little bit with Barnes. What the virus does is it amps up what your own personality is. So Mario is a jealous guy, effectively, especially jealous of, of Lee. Um, but the idea here is that it's amping up what he already knows about himself, what he's, what he believes in himself anyway. So he doesn't feel like the, the virus is taking control, just like Barnes didn't feel like the virus was taking control. He believes he's fully in control of what's going on. But and his jealousy is right is what is what he believes. Yes, so absolutely. That's a really tragic story and a really tragic end for for Mario that he got the woman he loved. She didn't believe Jim. She is going to move away from him. But still, the fact that she says there will always be a part of me that loves him still pushed him over the edge and still pushed him into the jealous rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Leslie married a crazy man. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of crazy in Gotham. Yes, there is. Yeah. Yeah, and Jim, I think, might be borderline crazy. I think he might be. I think he might be. <laughs> um, but it is. It is really interesting. The other. The other thing that I thought was that just kind of popped into my head that I thought was interesting is he fought so hard to get the magazine of bullets back off Zaz. Zaz was going to keep those. Jim was going to leave with an empty an empty gun under Mario's plan. Jim gets the magazine of bullets back. If he hadn't gotten those back, it could have ended off in a fistfight with Mario. 
not a dead Mario and not a hated, uh, not a not the hatred from Leslie, not Falcone now possibly after him for the rest of the season. By Jim's own actions, he put himself in a position where he had a gun loaded with bullets aimed at the head of uh, of his his ex girlfriend's husband. That's the yeah. Word. God, that was difficult to get out. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's quite interesting. That it is his own actions that put him in this position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But speaking of family ties, yes, I think we have another family mm-hmm. a reunited family i think our fifth uh case note here is we have selena's mother arrive in gotham absolutely this is the one i was talking about so back in season one episode three or four i think we we hear uh, a conversation with selena when she's about to be moved out of uh, out of the city where she's saying that uh, that she wants to find her mom who left her behind uh, who went off and disappeared, uh, and we found nothing else about her, uh, and nothing else el- else about her since that time. We thought that something was going to happen in season two. We thought there was going to be a storyline there where Selena would go off and find her mother. Um, nothing ever came of that. So suddenly we have uh, Selena's mom turning up to help her defeat the talents. Yeah. yeah, is she a whisperer then? Perhaps. Yeah, maybe that's where Selena. What? Maybe it's almost genetically imprinted into her this this ability to to steal and pickpocket in the sense that the whispers were effectively moving contraband mm. goods around From the criminal um, gang, you know. So interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah no, I I thought this was really interesting. I thought the glass house statue as well was like okay, is that something that needs to be broken to find out what's inside it? Mm. Otherwise. Uh, the Court of Owls is really just hiding a precious crystal uh, <laughs> statue. It'd be interesting, yeah. I hate crystal as well. Really? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, moving on from that hatred of crystal, <laughs> yeah, I, it was an interesting thing that was being protected. You know, does it contain something? Is it something like from Indiana Jones and the the uh, Last Crusade? Were, no, not the Last Crusade. Um, the first one were, you know, it's something that weighs down something and opens something up. Raises the Lost Ark. Raises well. the Lost Ark, yeah. Is, is it, you know, does it, and then open something up? Mm, uh, what is this owl? Because that's not what I was expecting no. To, no. To, to see uh, a fine bit of crystal uh, in the safe being so heavily guarded. Um, but it was good to see, um, like we do get a glimpse of uh, Selena's mother, and you think it's the Talon mm. watching over Alfred and Bruce and Selena as they're kind of casing uh, the building where all the 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 safe and, and this statue is. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's great having the Talon come after them. You know, Alfred must have been going, "I am not getting stabbed again." There's <laughs> no way that this half-mast pointy featured man uh-huh. is going to stab me again and i'm certainly not going to get into hospital again so it was great to see alfred finally beat the stabby knife oh yeah so i think that's about three one to the stabby knife i think, I think so at this stage yeah i did like that the, the <clears throat> fight scene itself was fantastic between bruce and alfred and the talent and selena selena was kind of dancing around the outside a bit i think she was waiting for her moment to pounce <laughs> Lots of cat analogies there. Um, I really, really like that. Um, but it's also really interesting that this particular scene or these particular scenes with Alfred and Bruce again show Alfred is totally willing to follow Bruce to do anything. He's effectively, Bruce has convinced him that him as a 15-year-old kid and Selena as a, a 16-year-old kid take the place of trained adults 
who were originally going to go in and do this whole uh, this whole uh, piece, this whole stealing operation in uh, in the home of the elves. They were the ones that were going to do it. They all got killed off by the Talon. And Alfred goes, okay, well, I guess I'll rely on Bruce's decision here to bring Selina along. So I thought that was quite interesting as well. Uh, and we do see Selina really channel Catwoman here. Um, this moment where she walks across the absolutely, uh, the yeah, that was really, really good seeing that doing actually pretty well. stepping up and and like ultimately being the complete cat thief here. So good, um, cat burglar, yeah, cat burglar, yeah, yeah exactly. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have to say the strength of uh, of David Mazus uh, of of uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry, and I know that Cambricandova is a dancer and she's very light, but holding a a piece of string or a piece of rope that taut while somebody's walking across it must be really difficult. I was expecting to just tie it to something. That, that, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, same here. Um, uh, that that requires well, strength. I'm sure it was tied somewhere. Probably, yeah, probably in real life. But yeah. we would say it's the strength of the bat. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is. For Gotham, it's the strength of the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, in reality, it was the strength of it being tied off somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably. And probably the the... The stunt-wise on on Selena, and in fact, that would be the interesting thing for me, because she is a dancer, mm-hmm. great balance. Did she attempt that without any sort of stunt-wise support? I like that. I like that idea. I think. I think that. I think Cameron could do that. I think so yeah. too. Um, because <laughs> it really, yeah. it really looked like the the expression of concentration on Selena's face. It did kind of look more than just acting. Like it looked really focused. Um, and so I'd be interested to know. We'll have to ask. We'll have to ask if we ever get, uh, get Cameron on the show. Um, so what do you, where do you think this is going with, uh, with, um, Selena's mom arriving back in Gotham, John? I have no idea. I suspect it is, it is connected to the Court of Owls and the Whisperers. Mm. Um, Either that or it's an entirely new dimension that we're going to see uh, around Selena and her mum and what her mum is, what she does, where she's been, what she's been doing. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing that dynamic, though, of Selena, who's been the independent street urchin along with Ivy Pepper. Uh And now all of a sudden her mum's here. And just how does that change things up? Absolutely. Or what's her reaction going to be to this woman coming back into her life? Yeah, exactly. Is it going to be uh, positive? Is it going to be negative? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at least one thing, if I was Selena's mom, I'd be saying, well, you're moving out of that hovel that you're well, sleeping in so. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she doesn't seem Are to Are they going to reunite? It'll she be interesting. She doesn't seem to take direction very well to Selena. Uh, one final thing, I suppose, before we, uh, before we close out on our top five points, just Alfred does kill Talon at the end of this. He does put a knife into the jugular. Oh, big time. Uh, and, and it was proper Bondy, actually. I mean, 00 Alfred is back. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it when he brings on his fighting shoes um, and, and really goes all out because I think it really connects you with, with his military past. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's really such a fascinating part of, of Alfred's storyline. So mm. I, I love seeing this. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's in, it's interesting. So again, we've got a we've got the dead talent. So I wonder what that means. You know, we we there there is something in the comic books about the talents, uh, but that may not be the last we will see of talent. That's the that's yeah. that's what I want to see in the show. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't uh, hasn't watched ahead like we haven't. Um, but I'd be intrigued if there are other talents in the waiting. 
Well, I think in the comics there mm. are more than one Talon, like in a sense that um, that is passed along as well. If one dies or mm. if one is killed, okay, we will so there will <laughs> hopefully be Talons uh, waiting in the owly wing. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's our top five points for the week, I think. Yeah. Happy enough? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think it's on to our Bullockism of mm-hmm. the week. Yeah, a couple in here from uh, from our wonderful Harvey Bullock. Uh, we still have our competition open for uh, for a Bullockism of the Week. We're going to keep it open a little bit longer. The reason why is because we thought by saying we would do our prize halfway through the season, what we thought was our UK listeners would be able to watch the show. They still haven't been able to watch the show. It still has not been released as we're recording now. No episodes of Gotham have aired in the UK. So uh, we're going to keep it open a little bit longer. Um, time-wise, we will we will be closing it off at some point later on in the season. Um, and thanks very much to uh, to Bob, who sent in his um, Bullockism of the Week. We've got a few more that are in there in the hat. If you want to send in your Bullockism of the Week, just send us an email to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com with your favourite Bullock moment from any season, to be honest. Why not enter the competition? You could win our Harvey Bullock pop and the base card set for Gotham Season 1, kindly provided by one of our listeners. So thank you so much. Absolutely, yeah. So the Bullockism of the Week, uh, one is, I'm Captain Jim, and Jim replies, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love this moment. I love the moment where uh, where Jim's just telling everybody what to do all around them and telling telling Harvey, really, uh, what to yeah. do. And Harvey's going, no, I'm the captain here. What, what's going on? Um, yeah, yeah, I really like that. Um, the other one from Harvey, which is probably my favorite one <laughs> so far this season, is when Harvey comes in on the uh, on the murdered body uh, that Mario has murdered, he goes, this is just a classic case of, case of wrong place, wrong time. One man takes another man's skull in his bare hands and crushes it. I see it all the time. <laughs> Harvey Bullock, I know he's had a hard life as a police officer, but uh, that would be a pretty bad day if you saw that every single day, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And finally, another really good uh, Bullockism uh, in this episode. So someone else is infected with the virus. That's just great. It isn't you, is it? Because that would sure make things easy. To, yeah, to Lucius. To and, Lucius, And yeah, Lucius yeah. just goes, no, it isn't me. Um, so <laughs> obviously some little banter between those two characters yeah. as well. I'm not too sure whether whether Harvey's a big fan of, of Lucius's smart guy ways. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I think Harvey's more gut. Uh, Lucius is more evident. Absolutely, absolutely. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I would certainly give this episode of Gotham for <coughs> penguins out of five <coughs> penguins. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Did you just cough penguin? There? I did. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the Mario tale um here. Mm. It was great having you know, that that planning, the scheming from him, uh, but also just how it played out with um with Leslie and, and with Jim, certainly in the the church and I think that is some of the more poignant, actually. It was actually quite poignant, the, the, the breaking up of, um, these two characters, um, so resolutely. Yeah. Um, after Jim had professed his love for her, uh, but it had all just gone too far. And yeah, I think that camera work, uh, of, of Jim being led out by Falcone's henchmen, uh, and obviously so- Mario, crazily infected with jealousy from the the tetch virus um walking leslie up to the altar to, and and marrying her with the vows i thought that was a really it's just so well done yeah um 
great to see Barbara uh, and obviously Nigma coming together in this uh, sort of revenge against Oswald Cobblepot. Mm. Another really good bit. And of course, we have uh, Zaz in here and we have the big reveal of the Glass Owl statue mm-hmm. and Selena's mother, more importantly. So Again, so much potential to, to, to go on here. Um, it really is a fantastic season. I mean, I've said it probably at yeah. the end of each episode, <laughs> but this, this is a really solid quality season of Gotham. Yeah. I think they've really found their groove. And a good, a good cliffhanger for the end of the season. Um, one tiny little note, uh, for the episode. I did really, really like Jervis Tetch's hat in this episode. Uh, the fact that he's, uh, that he's in Arkham Asylum and has just made himself a replica of his, uh, of his top hat out of newspaper. Thought that was quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> Looks exactly like the hat that he wears outside. So, uh, I love, I love Arkham. There's obviously some, uh, some craft. Um, craft design technology classes yeah there must be must be a bit of metal work probably <laughs> i i think it's time to get on to feedback yeah. yeah so our feedback comes from daniel butcher uh he's asking will you won't you read this feedback too early <laughs> romantics all want to know we didn't daniel we watched the episode and uh, and read the feedback like we usually do uh, like we will from any of our listeners if you want to email us at feedback at gotham tv podcast.com uh, daniel goes on to say though i totally forgot about the needle prick here i wanted him to be a talon at least we know this assassin is in a nightwing mask is talon or a talon uh wow alfred did hold his own versus talon what are the chances he comes back? I think it's pretty good. Yeah, exactly to my point. I, I have a feeling that we are going to see yeah, talent back. Yeah. No, um, it's almost uh, a bit Hydra-like, uh, you know, cut off the head of one, but actually only one comes back. <laughs> so it's not that bad, not much. Like not, yeah, so it's not totally like Hydra. Um, <laughs> like just a- only half. Yes, yes. Half Hydra. <laughs> uh, Daniel goes on to say, that's my mom. As obviously <laughs> Selena seeing uh, seeing her mom, so uh, yeah, a bit of a shocking shocking ending for the episode. Yeah, absolutely. He goes on to say, Bruce, given up much for love. Honestly, I read a Rebirth Batman title where Selena talks about how they are similar and different. I really want those kids to get together. I know. Yeah, it, I, I'm really liking how they're dealing with Bruce and Selena in, in Gotham. I, I think it's. Um, I think it's really good that it is so drawn out. Yeah. Actually, I th- and because I think that the relationship is always drawn out with these two characters Absolutely. in the comics. They never quite can settle on one way or another and and so it makes sense for this i really like it and i absolutely agree there with you daniel and um, daniel goes on to say shouldn't jim be put on leave for discharging a weapon let's hope so um yeah there's certainly uh the jim i think might be possibly my least favorite character in the show interesting okay uh, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think everyone else is much more consistent. Uh, but that's probably the point of Jim Gordon. I don't know. Um, he's I, just I so impulsive. Um, I mean, he would have been locked up <laughs> in any other police force. Mm. But he also then talks about being, doing good. and so, so, I mean, I think he's a little mixed up, his old Jim. Um, but to the question, I do think Gotham's laws are a little oh bit i know less. i know no, I, I think they're just a little bit less restrictive than the real world so discharging a weapon in gotham is probably not a, a being put on leave 
offence um, in Gotham. I'm not sure. Well, he's more Judge Dredd, I think, <laughs> than, than than Jim Gordon. I think. Okay. Okay. It's he is the law. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. But anyway, anyway, um, Daniel goes on to say, uh, "Oh man, I guess." begin the riddler penguin war has nice nice star wars uh little uh, little moment there yeah we are gonna see riddler versus penguin as uh, when the next episode of the show comes out um, and finally daniel says i guess barbara's new alliance does help keep her relevant i love the apology um yeah <laughs> I, I i love what they're doing barbara yeah we have for for the whole season and i love this idea now that she's allied alongside ed nigma now uh, to take on the rest of uh, the rest of the city of Gotham. Yeah, it's a, an intriguing alliance. Will it hold? Definitely. Yeah, interesting. Will it? Won't it? Absolutely. Thank you so much for that feedback, Daniel. As I said, if you want to email us, just email us to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Absolutely. And please come over and join our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. And as always, the offer is always open to leave a voicemail on our website at mm-hmm. Gotham TV podcast.com. Uh, it's over on the right hand side. Leave a 90 second voicemail of feedback, discussion, comment on any of the episodes, and we will play it along on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, of course, as well, you can watch our episodes on YouTube every Wednesday or listen at gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes. Leave a review, subscribe to us over there, mm-hmm. and you can obviously join any other good or evil podcast catcher. Just search Gotham TV Podcast. Yeah. I love that we've said watch on YouTube. I think that's just because we usually say it. So there will not be an episode on YouTube for the next two, just because we're on holidays. But we'll have uh, we'll have the podcast out, hopefully, uh, as we go. Uh, the next episode coming up is Ghosts, episode 12 of uh, Mad City Gotham. So, um, so yeah, we're that's that's going into January, I think. It, that was released January, towards the end of January of, uh, of 2017. So, um, so we won't have to wait that long. We've got to, that's coming out next week. So hopefully that will be out in your podcast catcher of Ooh. choice by Wednesday, June the 28th. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're enjoying the sunshine uh, in the middle of summer. Uh, if that's when you're listening to us, we're about to go off and do that too. So absolutely uh, as always thank you so much for listening and we'll speak with you again uh, soon i talk to you soon thank you bye bye thanks for being a butch supporter butch loves you baby